Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 282. Yes. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy do, Who fans. Welcome back to another week. Another episode of the old Big Blue Box podcast. It's great to have <laughs> you all back. Old. Old, yeah. Suppose we are old. How long have we been going now? Well, I'm not sure. March 2014. Wow. Gosh, pluck that out of, out of the bag. Pretty sure that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the old ones. Hope you're all well, keeping safe, staying healthy. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather's heating up again, dude. We always talk about, why do we talk about the weather these days? Because <laughs> it's Brit- we're British and that's what we talk about. The yeah. weather and cups of tea. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be the go-to at the minute. Christ yeah. It is hot though, isn't it? It's a um, little late blast of summer. Yeah. It's lovely. If you're not at work, it's lovely. Yeah, in the UK, sometimes September does serve up the odd, uh, the odd decent few days of sun before it dwindles into nothingness, before the big black <laughs> abyss. Yeah, of exactly, autumn and yeah. winter kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Normally, yeah, normally this time of year in September, yeah, normally Doctor Who's on. Or it's oh, just yes, about, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's nearly about to be Doctor Who time. When does it normally start with the run up to? We normally have a series that runs into the Crimbo special, right? Yeah, I was just trying to think because it's changed a bit over the years, isn't it? So at one point, it used to be Easter, didn't it? it used to get, you'd be like around Easter time, you'd get a new series would kick off. Well, I think that might have been, was that when they'd split it a bit? So you'd have summer Easter and then you'd get another block later in the year leading up to this Christmas special. Oh, that was series six, right? Six or seven, I think yeah. it was six or seven, yeah, something yeah. like 
So, I mean, all we've got on the horizon is the Christmas or possibly New Year's Day one, isn't it? Yes. Building up yeah. to that. So, uh, I can't, remember, I can't yeah. remember the name of it. Revolution mm-hmm. of the Daleks, is it? Revelation, Revolution. I think that's the thing, because we've had so many of the Daleks, I get confused. There's Revelation, Remembrance, Rev- Resurrection. Revolution of the Daleks, I believe. Revelation. Revolution, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, Revolution of the Daleks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We've got that to come. Yeah, that should be pretty good. But yeah, enjoy the sun when we got it, eh? Indeedy. Yeah. So welcome back. Any long-time listeners to the show, it's great to have you here, as always. Any newcomers that have recently joined, or this is your first one, welcome aboard the TARDIS. It's good to have you here. For anyone that doesn't know, Adam and I waffle about Doctor Who each and every week. We normally round up what's going on in the world of Doctor Who, if there is any. If there's any decent news to talk through, we also round up the latest cool bits of merchandise that you might want to pick up for some shelf bragging Mm -hmm. rights. And then we also move on to a review story and we rotate we rotate it normally when we're not doing like a like a special season of something we rotate it we do a we do a modern who sarah jane a classic who and then a torchwood and this week it's torchwood dude isn't it the old uh yeah back to the old torchwood gang the old gang still on series two torchwood to the last man yeah when i when i dug out the blu-ray it did i did struggle to because it seems ages since we've done Torchwood I'm thinking what series are we on <laughs> where are we on this because I series one went on for ages it felt didn't it but yeah so series two we're still near the beginning so this is only at three isn't it so we're still fairly early on in series two yeah it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah still fairly early happy to say that series two is so far so far an improvement on series one we struggled with series one a wee bit didn't we it felt it was a little bit up and down yeah, it did. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't how I remembered it. If that makes sense, series one. It wasn't as good. There was some. There were some great episodes in it, but it definitely uneven, wasn't it? Series it was, one. Mate. Yep. Yeah. This is. Yeah. This has definitely found its feet a bit more so far. Anyway, but don't know about this step. We'll have to wait till we get to this particular app. But yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Found its feet a bit more. You've been up to much Doctor Who, dude, in the past week. Um. <clears throat> Well, not 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 a great deal. I I did get the new Fury from the Deep um, release, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. But but I only, only got it yesterday, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, I couldn't get it till till Tuesday, um, and so I've watched a couple of episodes of that. Um, obviously, this is all animation. Um, the whole story is pretty much missing. Uh, I won't say too much because I'm sure we'll we'll review it at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really good to have. I was quite excited to have sort of some in brackets new who to watch if you like because i've never listened to the audio of this or watched any reconstructions or anything so it's it's kind of like a new story to me i don't even really know what it's about i've never read the target novel or anything like that so it's quite exciting coming home thinking oh i've actually got some like fresh new who to watch some classic who um so yeah so i watched a couple of episodes of that as i said i won't say too much about my thoughts on it um animation's a little different um to previous releases i don't know if it's a different company or if they've just tried a slightly different style um so yeah i watched a couple of episodes of that last night as i said just great to have some some new who to watch and i'm really looking forward to finishing that off uh hopefully this evening uh did you get it have you got it yet no not yet 
Are you going to get the because the steel book for it? I have to tell you, it is really really nice. It's um, it's a really cracking steel book for this release. It is, yeah. No, I'm not going to get that. Or I will get it. Like, yeah, I'll just wait until it's a bit cheaper. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it is, um, yeah, it was thirty quid. I think. Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, That's and right. it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it is lovely. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah, it's not not cheap. <laughs> Um, I think the standard release is about 20 quid for the Blu-ray, 15 for the DVD, but yeah. I'm still Still waiting for, um, I'm still waiting for series 11 to come down in price. I still don't own that on any disc. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's been, that has definitely been reduced. Uh, you talk about the Steelbook or you talk about just any old version? I'm talking about the box set. Yeah. Just the normal Blu-ray box set. But dude, I've got to tell you, man. I've not seen it drop below 35 quid anywhere. What, Series 11? Yep, yep. I'm pretty sure I saw that reduced somewhere, but I don't know if it was DVD or Blu-ray. I saw it for 16.99 somewhere. Really? I think it was. I think that was DVD, though, and of course, you know, you'll be wanting Blu-ray, won't you? Of Can't sell for anything less than Blu-ray. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's reduced. Oh, oh, no, hang on, I'm thinking of Series 12. So yeah. I'm thinking of, the, yeah, yeah, I saw Series 12, I think it was, reduced to 16.99. Because it had the white cover with JD in the big flowing coat. That's right. Yeah, sorry, I'm yeah. getting confused. Yeah. So, so you don't own Series 11 or 12? Nope. Are they not on the old clicky box They thing? are. They're on iPlayer. Yeah. Oh, well. And no, they're on Netflix sure. as well. Oh, are they? Yeah, so I'm not too fussed about that. No, uh, you can. Yeah. Yeah. So you series... just want them for your collection, completest, you mean? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not too fussed about owning them on disc just yet. Um, no. Because I've got no plans to go and watch them. <laughs> Um, anytime soon, but yeah. So the cheapest I can find the Blu-ray for Series Eleven is still twenty nine ninety nine, mm. even though it came out. Crikey, when was it? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. So the BBC they're still clutching at the old, the old uh, profit margin, not letting it go for anything cheaper. But yeah, anyway. that that will change leading up to Christmas. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Especially after Christmas, they'll be that'll be down to a tenner. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, you, yeah, you got to pick up Fury, mate. That's uh that's a good one. I watched a little bit of the documentary as well. Um I was amazed like the Gary Russell's talking about the different units working on it and all the different teams. He's like, "Yeah, we got these guys in in uh, South Wales, Australia. We've got these guys in India. We've got these guys in London. We've got these guys in somewhere else." Like, "Lemme an egg." Like <laughs> The amount of different countries involved in this release is incredible. Incredible Flip stuff. Neck. Yeah, it's, it was inter- very interesting, actually, <laughs> the amount of work that goes into them um, and, and what they managed to get done in the timescale they're given. Incredible. Mm. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that's a pickup. Uh, apart from that, I don't think I've done anything else. Um, no, I splashed a bit of cash. I picked up the new Marco Polo vinyl. You know, the... It's in a big box. You know those mm-hmm. releases that they do, mm-hmm. those those um, big big box releases. Splatter vinyl. Can't remember what it's called. Storm Storm something vinyl. Uh, that is gorgeous. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely. It yeah. is a gorgeous release. I <laughs> I really love those sets. So that yeah, I got that on Monday. Um, I haven't listened to it yet though. And again, that's a story I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, people rave about Marco Polo, don't they? It's been rumored for years that. A certain Indiana Jones type person has got it. You know, it's found. I don't know, but it, 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 it's been found. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to listening to that because again, it's a story I 
I don't really know. And I feel like I should. I feel like everybody talks about Marco Polo as a classic. And yeah. So yeah, I've got that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful vinyl release. It really is. Yeah, it does look nice. Remember we spoke about that months ago. When they the first only thing, it. and they, yeah. I have noticed this, I don't. they probably thought they'd sneak it past us, so they have reduced the weight of the vinyl. So those releases, they're, they're quite expensive, and, and don't get me wrong, they are beautiful, but they are quite expensive, around 70-something quid, or sometimes 80. Um, so they've dropped, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what they've dropped from. I think, it, I think it used to be 240 gram vinyl. Does that sound right? Quite thick. I thought they were 180 normally. 180 is it i don't know well whatever it is they've dropped a few grams and uh i think it's now 140 i was gonna say it's probably 140 now if they've dropped yeah they've dropped a few grams and i'll tell you what as nice as those vinyls look and they do look fantastic you can definitely feel it like i was i was taking some photos to put on my, my facebook and um I was sort of lining up the vinyls. I was thinking, God, these feel really thin. <laughs> they do. Feel- so, yeah, I've noticed they've knocked a few grams off. Probably um, a budgetary thing. But uh, anyway, it still looks great. Yeah. I'll post some pics later. They'll probably be up by the time this goes out. So you can have a look. Was it, so, the, yeah. um, was it the Desert Sandstorm cover? Is that the one that you've got? Yeah, it's got like the TARDIS um, on top of an old um sort of build wheeled off across a desert like camels horse and carriage type of thing yeah that's but, it oh, that's yeah, the one yeah. yeah that's the one yeah it looks sweet dude yeah it does look nice yeah is that on are you looking on amazon uh, no i'm just trying to think about what, oh, cover, right. what you mean because i remember the splatter vinyl but i couldn't remember the cover i thought it was a really dark one for some reason that might have been another one. Oh, that's yeah. you're probably thinking because they they also released the massacre literally a couple of weeks ago for, for record store day and that was doing the that right, was right. doing the rounds you're probably thinking of that one yeah, props. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's cool, it. That's been me, dude. What about yourself? Yeah, cool, man. Uh, nothing from me in terms of Doctor Who. The only one thing I have done is read the issue one of the Time Lord Victorious comic. Oh, right. Cool. Time. What did you think of that? Yeah, so I really liked that, dude. I thought it was really... Um, you did? Yeah. I've got one reservation and I'm, it's not isolated to just this comic, but in general. But overall, dude, it was... Um, it was really cool. It was uh, the the concept of the. It, it was um, nothing original in terms of how the story kicks off with the Doctor just waking up in the TARDIS, like no memory yeah. of um, of what went on and stuff. And then he's being pursued, isn't he, across all these different planets by the Daleks? And all of a sudden, he clocks on. He's like, "Hold on a minute, they haven't attacked me yet." But, you know, something's up. And then he gets into conversation, and then he kind of teams up with this uh, this Dalek, doesn't he? It's um. I think it's called the Prime Strategist Dalek. That's it, yeah. I was trying to think what it was called, yeah. yeah. And they go into the vault of obscenities, of obscenity, sorry, where they've got these, like, crazy weapons that even the Daleks don't want to go and see anymore and all that stuff. And So that was really cool. Like, uh, the way it's written as well, it feels very uh, tenanty. that makes sense? Like, the dialogue. Oh, it does, yeah. 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 You can absolutely tell it's a, it's a Tenth Doctor and stuff. So it was really cool. Did it bug you like it did me, though, that it starts? So so I assume Tyler Victorious would be like a brand new, you know, fresh start sort of thing. Um, so it does pick up from, apparently, it's the previous 10th Doctor and 13th pair-up. Yes, yeah. Now, I, I've got to admit, I didn't like that it started that. that because mm-hmm. I, cause it starts with him like on the floor, oh, what's happened to my memory? And so I already felt like I'd got to go, because this is already quite a confusing concept, mm-hmm. as we spoke about last week. So I didn't like the fact that on top of all that, I've now got to go and try and find these other comics with a 30 Doctor, which I hadn't got or read, um, to sort of work out 
where he was up to at this point. I wanted it to start afresh. Like, mm. he's in the TARDIS, the Daleks. Like, so that, that slightly annoyed me. I mean, I don't, it don't, I don't think it's going to affect the story at all. But, yeah, that, that kind of irked me. Because it didn't feel like... So it's issue one of a comic, but it sort of starts, picks up from the back of the other comic. I'm thinking, oh, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I wanted it to start afresh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I read you. But, yeah, I enjoyed it, though. It sounds like I didn't like it. I did, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. And also, Doctor Who mag has got some Time Lord Victorious in it this month, apparently. Oh. It's got like a free comic or something. Yeah, that's right. Is that the Eccleston cover? That's yes, that's out? the yes. one. So, yeah. yeah. I know you haven't picked up the mag for a while. Do you think you'll get that one? No. <laughs> you old grizzle guts. <laughs> I thought you would. No. Actually, it's a tenner, isn't it? So it's a bit pricey. It, I mean, for the... Yes, yeah. the Mac. It's it's got loads of other stuff in it, but yeah, yeah. I think maybe a couple of years ago I would have snapped it up, but yeah, you would have done, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, you're not bothered. You ain't bothered. <laughs> no, we ain't bothered. One thing that did irk me a little bit about the comic, and this kind of leads into, like I was saying, with a bigger subject at the moment, mm. and that is, I think you you picked up on this a, a little while ago. I can't remember exactly when, but. I think I'm just getting a little bit bored of the whole time war thing now, bud. Oh, yeah. Are you feeling that? I am big time, actually. It seems um, like, uh, sorry, yeah, it's, it just seems like all of these big stories at the moment are all, like in this comic at the beginning when he finally lands on the Dalek ship, whatever, and he's obviously realised that he's in some kind of paradox because he says to the Daleks, you know, what about the time war and all that stuff? And they're like, the time war is not on our records or something like that. And then um, the most recent uh, McGann story from Big Finish is volume four of the time war. And then mm. this whole time Lord Victorious thing is about, you know, the time point is like X amount of years before the time war. And then there was something else that we had a little while ago that was centered around uh, the time walk. I remember. So it just feels like it's like very much a thing around Doctor Who for the last year or so. It's like everything seems to be centered around that moment in time. And uh, I'm just worried that it's just going to oversaturate all the storytelling. It's like, I'm, I'm sure there's like a vast history and like massive stories that they could do outside of the time war. I'm just getting a bit, here we go. Again. Yeah, no, no, I am. I'm absolutely, I, I was feeling that a while ago because the thing with the time war is when it was, first mentioned the doctor just sort of you know it's hinted at we and even the so at the end of gridlock when the doctor finally sits down to have a chat about stuff um with who's the companion in that is it martha no uh no it's martha yeah is it martha yeah Yeah. but even that the camera pans away and we don't really because at the time i was disappointed i remember thinking no don't pan away we've been waiting to hear all this but but then i realized it's because they didn't really want to go into it it was a thing you know, um, they just wanted to give you a few breadcrumbs and leave the rest of the imagination. So since then, we've had so much to do with the time war that I, I personally am, am very, I wouldn't say bored of it. I just sort of think it doesn't raise any interest anymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's like everything seems to be being tied into time war. I mean, I think they're, they're even doing big finish. They're doing a fifth Doctor now. It's been plonked into a time war story that's coming up. And yeah, I, I just I just think it's been a little bit overkill now. I, I just seems everything's to do with the time war and I, you need something fresh, you know, you want something. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Let's find something else. This is a, 
that's the great thing about Doctor Who is you can do pretty much anything and go anywhere with it. Um, I'd, yeah, I definitely am a bit bored of the time war thing. So the last, um, the next McGann release for Big Finish is part four of the Time Wars. It's Tom four, and I think that finishes up his story in that. And I kind of hope they leave it there um, because they've just started doing the Stranded series with McGann, which is a, a you know that's absolutely what we need. It's totally different, totally different concept. The Doctor's stranded in Camden on Earth <laughs> and trying to live a normal life. You know what I mean? So they, it seems to me like they've thought, yeah, we, you know, we've sort of done McGann in the Time War. Let's, what can we do that's totally fresh and different? So we need more stuff like that, really. We do because that's that's yeah. really. I don't know. I don't don't think you've got around to listen to that yet, but I think you'll like it. It's um, that's a great release. Uh, the first Stranded box set with McGann. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. You know what I mean? There's a, that's, it's different. It's got it's pricked my interest. Whereas Time War Four, although I've got it on order because I want to complete the set, <laughs> I'm not really bothered about listening. You know, I'll listen to it when I get time, but I'm not excited about it. Where where it's stranded, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the next one of those out? That was really good. So yeah. 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 To answer your question, a bit bored of Time War. <laughs> yeah, same as me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's all I've done though in terms of Doctor Who. Oh, I'm glad you read the comic. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, so I, I think... want you to want you to listen to that tenth Doctor audio with fourth Doctor because I just loved Tennant so much in that, and I'm not I'm not as big a Tennant fanboy as you. I know he's your fave, but I just loved him in that. It, he's just <laughs> well, and Tom, but Tennant really is awesome in that little adventure. Yeah. So put that time. on your list. Put that on your list. Out of time. Yeah. So I think you'll really like that one. Yeah, it's on the list, dude. I have it listened yeah. to too. On the long list, I know. I know, long, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, before we crack on with, we haven't got any news, but we have got a, one piece of, of Big Finish merch to talk about. And then we're on to our review of um, our Tortured Stories of the Last Man. Before we get cracking with all that lot, though, remember to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. Just do a search of the Big Blue Box podcast or head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can find all of our, um, you can find links to all of the podcast apps and stuff on there. We'd love to have you as a subscriber so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, just do a search on those apps, or again, there's links on the website. Uh, we chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. We have a free Discord server as well. There's a link on the website. Come and hang out and chat Doctor Who uh, with plenty of other Doctor Who fans. And also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. Yeah. Yes, he's just launched a new video, hunting around B&M for the old, <laughs> the old B&M sets. That's all right, yeah. yeah. Very cool video, that one. So, yeah, that's launched Cheers, recently. Man. And there's tons of other cool videos as well. So, uh, so go and check those out. And Adam's on the socials too, under the same yeah. name, The Geek's Handbag. So go and do that. Right, let's uh, get Grumpy Boobs in and see what he's got this week. <laughs> Grumpy Bumps. Match corner, match corner, match corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work <laughs> in a shop now, here to help. <laughs> Mr. David Tennant. He's getting around. He knows how to work during the lockdown, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Crikey. He's everywhere. <laughs> Crikey, Moses. He's busy. Ooh. 
So he's been in some um, some big finish recently, as we've just mentioned, out of time with the fourth Doctor, old Tom. But he's coming back for a big old box set next year. And this is a big one, by the look of it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So coming next year in 2021, David Tennant returns as obviously the 10th Doctor in a brand new story called Dalek Universe, uh, which are nine hour-long episodes that will see the Doctor pulled out of time and sent back to an era before the Great Last Time War. Here he finds himself battling for survival in a universe full of Daleks, Mechanoids, Mavellans, and Davros. So this is, um, uh, alongside this as well, there's going to be a prologue um, volume out just before volume one of this launches called The Dalek Protocol, which stars Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor, and features Louise Jameson and John Leeson as K-9. Oh, amazing. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a bit, so you can tell by um, the um, artwork that they've worked up for this and everything and just the whole the way that they're framing this story, it does sound like it's going to be a big sort of epic story for the doctor. And it's like another Dalek story, but it does sound pretty cool. And uh, David Tennant has provided a, a small interview to go along with the, the um, sort of marketing for this. And he says, it's a big old epic sweep. It reminds me a little bit of those flash Gordon serials that used to be on the TV during the school holidays when I was a kid. It says each story has its own self-contained world but the whole thing has an overarching momentum. I've really enjoyed how varied it is, all within this one story and the variety of worlds that we go to and environments that we're in. He also says, and as we go through this space opera, to have all these characters brought so clearly to life by a whole range of wonderful actors, it's been a treat. Which is cool. So the producer over at Big Finish, Dave Richardson, says, what is Dalek Universe? Well, it is the first full season of Doctor Who Adventures starring David Tennant as the Doctor in over 10 years uh, is also a huge celebration of the work and and it is also a huge celebration and the work and imagination of Terry Nation. So this time the Doctor has no TARDIS for Sanctuary and no Rose or Martha or Donna to help, but he is reunited with two faces from a distant past, two serving agents from the Space Security Service. Anya Kingdom, played by Jane Slavin, betrayed the Doctor in his fourth incarnation, but can she make amends? And Mark Seven, played by Joe Sims, is an artificial man with a mysterious history. Together, the trio join forces to try and discover who has pulled the Doctor back in time, and more importantly, how can they help him get back home? This sounds pretty cool, dude. So each of the... So they're going to split it into three volumes. Each of the three volumes will be released as a four-disc collector's edition box set or a download. And you can also pick up these as a limited edition gatefold triple LP vinyl set, which you can also get from Big Finish. So uh, you can go on and you can pre-order the entire thing now if you want to, ready for next year. So you get volumes one, two, and three in the three different versions. So CD, download, and then the limited edition vinyl. And then the prologue, um, the Dalek Protocol. Uh, I think that's just CD and digital. That's not on vinyl. And that's slightly uh, cheaper. So that's $12.99 download. And then each of the three volumes um, are $19.99 for the digital download and $24.99 for the CD box set. 
and you can pre-order all of those right now. So this sounds pretty sweet, dude. Yeah, it I'm, does. Yeah. They're awesome trailer for this. Do you see the little trailer? Mm. Really, really nice. Um, it, I have to say, um, I, what I was just saying about David Tennant on that out of time release. See, see, I like Tennant, but there's something about the fact that he is so popular that always sort of puts me off. Does that make sense? You know, like yes. the yeah. the whole popularity breeds contempt thing. <laughs> so I'm often like, oh yeah, David's good, but you know, he's not he's not all that. He's not that. And then I and then I watch him and think, oh, actually, he's good, isn't he? And then if it's the same with the audios. I you know, I'm I I, I sometimes just think he gets a bit a little bit like the Time Boys. You know. You, is he getting a bit oversaturated? He's on the, he's on the title of Victorious and there's so much big finish with the Temp Doctor now that I don't get as excited about it. And then I actually listen to them or watch a trailer and I think, God, oh, this sounds good. You know, so I am very excited about this, basically. And the trailer is great for this release. And it's David's delivery is just fantastic. Um, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when I was listening to Out of Time. When you listen to a big finish audio, quite often it's sort of done in a play type way you know the, the way the actors deliver their lines it's it, it's just a natural thing because they're reading the lines and not physically acting david seems to sound like he's been recorded off the television it's like he was in the production he's just got that he's just slipped so well back into the temp doctor role that he's fantastic on the um audios i've listened to so far and when you listen to him on this trailer i'll tell you what it is it's just the emotion that he manages to put into his voice Mm-hmm. It is just um, brings it all to life. So I, despite the fact that I maybe think there's a little bit too much tenth doctor going on at the moment, I am excited for this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will be getting it for definite. Um, yeah, yeah. No, when's it actually out? So next year. Uh, we don't know exactly next year, but oh, right. it just says 2021. So it could be any time, I guess. But it's already been recorded and everything. It's all done. So I imagine they're just going to slot it into a, a release window that's not as crowded with other stories. I suppose so. Have we got lockdown to thank for this as well? Because I, I know they were saying, like, David is so busy at the minute. Like, um, it's only because lockdown shut down a lot of filming that they've managed to get him for so much stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, this would have been probably set up ages ago, so maybe not this particular release. But um, as awful as lockdown's been, I guess there is the odd glimmer of uh, good that's come from it, like, if, if we've managed to get stuff like this from David Tennant because of it. <laughs> Yeah, Although, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been, I've been watching him in that new Des drama on ITV, which is based on the true life events of, uh, he plays the um, serial killer, Dennis Nilsson. Have you watched any of this? Oh yeah, no, I've not seen it. Somebody told me about it at work the other day and said, oh, you're a, you like that dude from Doctor Who, don't you? You need to watch <laughs> that. He's really good. Oh, he's very different in this. Mm. I mean, David plays evil very well. He does, doesn't um, he? Although yeah. he's, it's very different to what I expected in terms of the character. But um, yeah, give it a watch. It's the final part tonight, so it will have already finished by the time this podcast goes out. But uh, I've watched the first two eps, and uh, he's so good in it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's so good, yeah. yeah you can't good. take away that he really is a great actor, isn't he, David? He's very, very good in terms yeah. of... We know he's a good actor, but he just seems to be really... He can just turn his hand. Like you mentioned that when he's on audio, he sounds like they've lifted the audio from a TV episode. Yeah, so it's amazing. This goes all the way back. So he used to do, remember years ago, I think this was back in like, crikey, I don't know, like 2008, 2009 maybe. There was a couple of animated Doctor Who movies that came out. One was called Dreamland. One was called Oh, I remember that. Um... Uh, the Infinity Quest. That's it, yeah. Yeah, on a one of those, I can't remember. 
there was whichever one's got Martha in it. I can't remember which one that is. I think that's Infinity Quest. The no, Infinity, yeah, yeah, the know. Infinity Quest. Yeah, the one with uh, um, Edgy Freeman. There's a behind the scenes bit on the DVD for that, and it goes into how they recorded the audio for it, and she basically says like she's just blown away by how all these like tips and tricks and everything that David Tennant had when he went into recordings, like she just turned up with the script went into yeah. the audio. Well, yeah, as you would, yeah, as you'd expect. And she was like, David Tennant walked in and he starts like crumpling up all of the paper. And she's like, what's he doing? And he basically, what happens is he's crumpling up all the corners of the script so that he can like really easily and quietly just pick up a corner of the paper and turn it over. So you don't hear all the paper, like, cause a lot of times when, I suppose it's done digitally now, but when you had like a paper script, you don't want to, the microphone picks up the sound of you, like trying to get the bits of paper separate, you know, like when you pick up. Yeah. So he's yeah. like doing all that. And then she's like, he gave me loads of tips on how to stand, how to um, like mic technique, how to sort of animate yourself properly when you, you need to do it and all this stuff. Like he'd been doing it for years and he was fairly young at that point in yeah. terms of like his career in Doctor Who and all that stuff. So he's an absolute just master at, um, you can just put him anywhere. You can put him on stage in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. He just delivers, doesn't he? Like every time. Yeah. He does deliver. And I, I'm glad he's still so involved in Doctor Who, to be honest, because, yeah, because he is a very busy actor. Let's face it. You know, he's got all this stuff going on. He's got endless films and TV shows and, all the stuff that he's even finding time to do his podcast. So he's a busy man, but the fact he's still involved in Doctor Who, I think does show that he has a genuine love for this, doesn't it? It's not like he needs the money. I shouldn't think um, he, he clearly <laughs> loves the show and loves being a part of it. And I, I like that. Um, I'm just waiting for Matt. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matthew. David's got involved. They've even roped in Chris. Um, big finish have got to get to Matt, haven't they? He's got to do it. Because I think he'd be great on audio, I, I would imagine. I can, can you imagine Matt in a studio? I bet he'd be bouncing off the walls, wouldn't he? <laughs> and do you know what it is? I, don't, I honestly don't think it's a case of Matt doesn't want to. I really don't think it's that because... No, no, he's probably just busy as well. Yeah, I think it's a combination of him just... Remember, he, it wasn't that long ago when you think about it that he was the Doctor. It wasn't that long ago, no, I was it? Not, so no. he probably just wants to put a little bit of distance between when he was the Doctor and like other acting roles and all that jazz. But I reckon I'm, at some point within the next five years, I would say he'll he'll be a big finish. I, yeah. I can see him doing it. I really can. I hope so. Anyway, because I love Matt's Doctor. But I think I'm pretty sure the Doctors talk to each other as well. I'm sure they've got e each other's phone numbers. And I'm not group? even saying. Yeah, what's that group? I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure they chatted. And I bet you, like, David's text and said, you know, oh, big finish. It's a good, you know, it's a good good crack in there. We have fun and get a nice lunch. They always bang on about the lunches, don't they? You know, I could just imagine it texting Chris and saying, yeah, you'll like it, Chris. Don't trust me. Because that is what happened with Baker, isn't it? Baker did resisted big finish for years, Tom Baker. Did not have any interest in a big finish. Louise Jameson talked him round. She said, you know, come on, Tom, you'd love it. And now Tom can't get enough. <laughs> he loves big finish. Yeah. <laughs> in every interview, he starts, to, it doesn't matter what they ask him, he'll start talking about big finish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I reckon it's just a matter of time before David sends Matt that text. He says, uh, Matt is a lovely, it's a cracking lunch, big finish lunch waiting for you here. You really ought to get into this. It's, um, 
you know, it's they obviously make it a very enjoyable experience, don't they? It's yeah. clear that when they're recording, they're having fun. And um, yeah, because otherwise they, they just wouldn't get them, I don't think. Or they might get them for one story and that'd be it. But the fact they're going back and doing more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Come great. on, Matt. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> get in there. Probably Jodie's on the WhatsApp group and she's like, yeah, Matt, you should do it. It'd be great. And Tenet's like, bugger off. You haven't done any yet. <laughs> yeah. Leave this to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah leave this to me. Yeah. So just a matter of time, I think, before I we get so. Matt. Yeah. I reckon so. Yeah. Well, if they can get Eccleston, my word. I was going to say, if you can get Chris Eccleston, you can get anybody. <laughs> I just it. imagined, of, it was the guy that went up to him at the convention. Uh, well, the producer, was it? Um, oh, wasn't Nick Briggs. It was the other guy, wasn't it? Hillary. I can never say his name right. Craig Hillary. I don't know. Oh, from Big Finish. Yeah. Yeah. All that, the one yeah. that went up to him backstage and said, oh, you know, do you fancy doing a bit and managed to secure the deal? But, mm. Yeah, just imagine going up and being like, uh, look into my eyes, not around my eyes, look into my eyes. <laughs> you really want to do Big Finish, Matt. You really want to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of does feel like that in a way, doesn't it? It does, because doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was very much like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Yeah. Look into my eyes, like the master. Yeah. I'm just going to sit over here and talk about my dad. Talk about my dad all the bloody time. Yeah. So and then he's like, after that convention, he's like, yeah, cool. I'm up for it. Yeah, it was a bit of a turnaround, wasn't it? Yeah. He's like, I'm holding a gun to your head. Now, I don't want you to take that as a sign of a threat or anything, Chris, but I'd really like you to do some big finish if that's okay. Yeah, sure. sure, sure. No worries. Yeah. I'm never doing yeah. it. I'm never doing conventions. I'm never doing big finish. Oh, all right then. Yeah. Then you just hear the sound of like a shotgun being loaded. And then he's like, yeah, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. And by the way, my daughter wants your autograph. Yep. That's no worries. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's coming. So let's round off this uh, the merch. So, Dalek Universe, the tenth Doctor story, which sounds pretty big. It sounds like they've put a lot of time and effort into it. It's a big old story, nine nine volumes, including the um, the, the prelude thing, uh, is out at some point next year. And we'll put a link to the the trailer for it. Uh, it's only a short trailer, but it sounds uh, sounds very very cool. It is a good trailer. Yeah, definitely. Yes, right. Review time, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, series two of Torchwood, and this is episode three, and it's called To the Last Man. Who is he? Thomas Reginald Brockless. Tommy. 24 years old. Sort of. Well, he's over 24, he's not. He's a frozen soldier from 1918. We have to wake him up every 12 months. Leave me alone! It's me. Toshita. It's time again. Two different times should never exist simultaneously. Chunks of 1918 will start to appear at the hospital. He needs to be in the hospital, ready to step from one time to another. You're the only one who can stop this. If you don't, it's the end of everything. Why me? There's no years in the future. It's now. (laughs) (laughs) So, torture then to the last man. This was first broadcast back on the 30th of January 2008. It was written by Helen Rayner. Why do I recognise that name? Yeah, I was thinking that. She's done a few bits, hasn't she? Yeah. Uh, it's written by Helen Rayner, directed by Andy Goddard, and stars the Torchwood 3 cast that we've seen thus far since Series 2 has began. Has begun. And the plot for this one is essentially once a year, just for one day, they defrost this dude, Tommy Brockless, at the Torchwood Hub, 
just to make sure that they can still wake him up and he's all working because they fear that one day or one year he's going to be needed because there's a big uh, problem with the rift. There's like a, uh, like a two times are sort of butting up against each other and it's causing big problems. And uh, as usual, Cardiff is going to take the first brunt of this, um, this thing before it goes worldwide. So Tommy has to be there. And it turns out sadly for Tosh, that uh, this year is the year that Tom is needed and he has to essentially uh, sacrifice himself to save to save everybody. And what a sad old story, eh, for Tosh, this one? Crikey. That blimmin' rift. Bloody rift, eh? <laughs> uh, right, to the last man, dude. What do you reckon to this one? Yeah, uh, so, well, it had a cracking start, I thought. I thought the little pre-title sequence was great. Um, with all the stuff kicking off in the uh, hospital, and then you get these two guys, wait, well, get a guy, you know, this guy and this woman, and they turn out to be Torchwood from 1918. I thought, oh, that's a really cool way to kick off an episode. That's intriguing. And um, yeah, for the most part, I thought it was good, but I, my biggest problem really with it as a story is it, it's, it's an enjoyable watch, but I just found it very predictable. Um, like for me, there wasn't any tension there because you, you knew at the end of the day he was going to have to go back and close the rift. So that, that that was sort of laid out right from the beginning. So all the sort of build up and her begging him to do it, it didn't really have any impact on me because I I was just sat there going, well, of course he's going to do it. They're just dragging it out to the last minute. You know, there, there was no tension for me there. It was just inevitable that he would have to close the rift. So I don't know. I, I lost basically. I lost interest a bit towards the sort of middle and end, I'll be honest. I, I thought it was okay. It was decent. I liked the whole idea behind it. But for me, the first half of the story was much better than, than the second. So I loved all the creepy stuff, for example, in the in the hospital with Gwen and the ghost ideas and the early torture. I loved all that stuff. Uh, I liked the idea of this guy being kept and frozen and brought out once a year to have a day out. And then in back in you go and... There's a nice little joke about it. He says, oh, do you want to come back to my place? It's a bit cold, but, you know. So there was, there was some great moments in it. Um, but just as a, as a whole, it just, by the time it finished, I just kind of thought, well, yeah, it was okay. You know what I mean? I just, like, the ending was just so predictable. And I, I kind of knew exactly how it was going to wrap up. I, I just wanted a twist or something else just to, just to make me go, oh, right, I didn't see that coming. But... I was sat there the whole way through thinking, well, he's he's going to go back. She's going to beg him to do it. And at the last minute, he'll do it. And then it'll all be over. And that's kind of exactly what happened, um, really. But yeah, it was all right. A, a decent watch, but it didn't blow my mind in any way, um, right. to be honest. All right. But decent, decent. What about you? Decent, yeah. but not great, I'm going to say. It was just good. Okay. Just, just okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I thought this was a, a sort of middle of the roadish kind of story for Torchwood. Although I did like it quite a bit up until the last sort of ten minutes, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I really did like the. It had a good combination. Of, it, it had a combination of like the emotional stuff, which was nice with Tosh and you know her sort of once a year boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, it's all right, Tosh. Yeah, love's never easy, is it? In a world of mm-hmm. Torchwood or Doctor Who. Yeah. No, definitely not. 
Who'd so, want to work for Torture Day? I know. A bit demanding. Oh, why, eh? why do they stay? Yeah. I think he asks her that at some yeah, point. Yeah, he does. When they're yeah, out, he does. Yeah. yeah, why'd you do it? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you talk like your life's empty sort of thing. And she's like, well, Torture was quite demanding and stuff. And he's like, I think he says something like, well, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be. And she just looks like, well, try telling that to Jack sort of face. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's got a good combination of like the emotional stuff that kind of builds throughout the story between Tosh and, and, uh, and Tommy. Uh, it's also got a nice creepy vibe to it as well. So there's some, a lot of those scenes where they're in the hospital in current, I liked that stuff. current yeah. day. So current day, current time ish. It's really cool. It's like, it's quite creepy. So yeah. that's good. And I like the build up of, uh, like Jack's character, I like the the fact that he can tell that Tosh is obviously in love with this dude. Even though she doesn't outright say it. She doesn't even say it to, uh, what's his chops? Owen. Owen, yeah. She doesn't even say it to him, even though he seems, in a sort of weird way for, for Owen's character, he seems like genuinely concerned and stuff. Uh, I, I liked that. Yeah. It's one of the scenes I really liked. Because Owen can be a bit of a... Uh, obviously a family podcast so I'll choose my word carefully he can be a bit of a bleep can't he at he times can be. Yes. he's a bit full of himself and I thought that was a really nice scene actually it's one of the ones I really liked is when he just the, the, the you know the way the two actors played it was very nice it was quite subtle he just was very caring towards Tosh so despite their because if I write if I remember rightly they've had a little bit of a fling haven't they uh, in series one or didn't they have a bit of a thing those two I don't think there's some happened jealousy yet. there or something. I don't know. I've lost track really, but yeah, well, she likes there's a few him, glances she, yeah. I think between those two. Yeah. So I don't think anything happened, but I think a, no. in a couple of stories in series one, I thought she was she jealous was, of Gwen at one point, but maybe she I'm was. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. In a couple of stories, you can tell that she's a bit you, she's like out. the way she looks at him and like the jealousy towards Gwen and stuff. Yeah, so those two, but yeah, so with Owen's character, and I think that leads from. In the last series, we had that story where he fell in love with the pilot lady. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I, I think he kind of knows what she's going through, and I think he doesn't want her to feel the same thing that he did potentially when, because he fell for that that woman, didn't he? And uh, that's right. She yeah. ended up just buggering off and leaving him, and he was really upset. So I think he can see almost what's going to happen here, and he doesn't want to, yeah. Did um, Jack need to tell her that he gets shot, though? Because that, that scene confused. So I love the scene with Owen. You can tell that he's caring about her feelings and doesn't want her to get hurt. So then old Jack calls in Tosh. He's like, so you've got to make him do it. Oh, by the way, he gets shot in three days. Uh, anyway, good luck. And I'm thinking, well, what, why would you tell her that? You know she's, you know she's emotionally involved. I don't think it would have made any difference to the fact that she knows she's got to get him to you know, close the rift or whatever he's doing with that thing. Um, I don't know. I just was like, why would Jack tell her that? Because that's obviously going to make it harder for her. Um, it, I know it's a plot device because it's just to add a little bit of something to the story. But yeah, Jack, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just to make it. But I do, I do like the scene at the end where Jack thanks Tosh because Jack can be a bit of a bleep at times as well. Mm. You know, sometimes he's got this hard exterior and he's just like. There are some episodes where he would have just walked away at the end, but I did like the fact he turned and said to Tosh, you know, thank you. That was good. I thought, yeah, that's nice. We need a few moments like that. Because otherwise they're not, 
I think this comes back to why series two, the characters are more likable. They're, they're a bit arrogant in series one at times. And, and I think we said it, didn't we, that they're not always that likable at times. So it was nice to see scenes like that with Owen and scenes where Jack thanks Tosh, you know, just to show the more human side of Torchwood, if you like. I would. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason why Jack, yeah, I didn't think about it too much at the time, but I think the reason why Jack tells Tosh is because we, we saw this a few times in series one where he almost is a bit of a cold shoulder in a, in some of those stories, those first mm. series stories where you would think that he would be a lot more caring towards his colleagues at Torchwood. But a lot, well, I say a lot, some of the time he does come across as quite cold. Like yeah. he's got no problem in just laying the truth out, even though he, like there was a, I can remember a couple of arguments where Gwen, get, she got really miffed with him. Where I remember a couple of stories where she's like yelling in his face, like, you know, how could you do this sort of thing? So I think Jack is very much a right. This is what needs to be done to save uh, normally Cardiff or, you know, to a greater extent, the world. This is what needs to be done. So let's just do it. He doesn't often sort of factor in the whole, how this makes people feel, you know, the emotional side. So I think there's a little bit of that, an essence of, you know, he just needs to sort of lay the cards out like this is the situation. And if I remember correctly, I think she asks him anyway. I think she says to him, I I don't think he outright tells her. I think she says what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So she says what happens to him when he goes back to his own time. And I think he hesitates for a second. And then he, he tells her, cause I think, yeah, like I said, he's just straight with, well, mostly he's, uh, he, he's truthful and straight with people at the cost of their emotions. Like we just said, but yeah. it is, it is a scene that provides like another notch on the emotional level after that though, because she didn't want to do it anyway by the look of it. But now she knows that she's essentially sending him to his death. That's another like notch up there. Oh my God, you know, I can't do it. And it is, uh, yeah. you know, so that, that 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 final twenty minutes where it is quite emotional, I must say, is um because you really feel for her because right at the very beginning of the episode, she's really happy. She's like jumping mm. around her apartment and she's getting herself she's got a new dress up. on, yeah, yeah, and she's all happy. And then you fast forward to the end of the story, and this person that she's looking forward to because she's got it marked on the calendar as well. Mm. This is obviously the day that she's going to see him. You were fast forward to the end of the story and she's basically saying like, you've got to go and you're going to die. You know, mm. so there's a really good build up, I think, throughout, throughout the story with her. But I must admit the last 10 minutes, I did feel like we were kind of just treading water for a little while while we were mm. waiting for the whole rift thing to sort itself out and him to use the key. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think one of the notes I made was it did struggle to fill the 50 minutes. It sort of ran out of steam a little bit. Yeah, because um, it got a good concept and everything, and it was, yeah, it was, there was some good stuff going on, some nice moments. But then once it got to the sending him back, yeah, those last ten minutes, you kind of it was just about getting into open the rift, which, as I said, you knew was inevitable what was going to happen. So those last ten minutes, yeah, dragged a bit for me as well. It's nice for it's nice for Tosh to get a, a story though. I mean that that is yeah, I agree with you. I liked I liked that. This is quite centered around her character. I think it's time she got a bit of um, screen time as well. Because she quite often just gets left in the background, doesn't she, staring at a computer or quickly opening an app to sort them out and stuff. So it, it was nice for her to get 
a story. Um, what did you think about the relationship between those two, though? Because it 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 was okay, but by the end, I I thought it was good. But at the beginning, when she's being all coy and all that, I thought it was a little bit because I think she's not, you know, she's a grown woman. She's not a. She almost played it like a sort of schoolgirl in love, didn't she? Like a teenager <laughs> crush, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, right? she's a bit more mature than that like she was almost going, going all giggly and gooey and stuff and i get what she was doing she's but i don't know i felt she should have played that a little bit more mature if you like because <laughs> yeah, she goes that's... from that to like right let's go back to my place then it's a it was a very sudden well, change a, yeah well there's there's reasons for that though that I, well i know he's only got one day to live exactly but, yeah. but going back to well yeah that's the first thing at the end where and it's quite a funny scene actually when they're all in the hub and he's like, oh, what do you want to do then? You don't have to stay. Thought you'd immediately yes, like, yeah, like, come home with me. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay. And Jack obviously says, yeah, yeah. Mm, we all know Jack what's going to happen. Off you go. Yeah. Jack's not going to stand in the way of people, you know, doing, doing sure. the do. But I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I totally bought into the relationship at the beginning. I'll be honest. It, oh, it right, definitely, yeah. Yeah. But I, until, yeah, I did by the end, like you said, there was, there was a bit of an emotional impact by the end. But yeah, at the start, I wasn't really buying into it. It was a little bit too twee the scenes between those two. Yeah. You know? The reason what, yeah, I think the reason for that is I think she liked the idea of being flirty with him and all that stuff. Mm. But I feel like she feels like she's considerably older than he is. Yeah. So and she, she probably doesn't want to cross the line as well with work and stuff. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. she's playing it kind of coy and a little bit like giggly and like you said, but I think there's a reason for that. I think, yeah, I think when they're out on the pier, she says something like, you know, I must be an old lady in your eyes or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm 300 years old. Yeah. 200 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then later on in the episode, she's like, I was afraid you were going to see me grow into an old lady sort of thing. So I think, I think she's happy to have this kind of what if sort of relationship with him where she kind of wants to put a stopper on anything physically happening, but she's happy to do all like the flirty um, sort of uh, almost, almost like sort of high school playgroundy kind of relationship sort of thing. I think she's happy mm-hmm. to do that stuff, you know, like go down the pub like they did and have yeah, a laugh like, and stuff like that and have a bit of a flirt. Like pool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the reason why I think she didn't just want to like be a, come across as like this man eater, like, like we've defrosted him right back to my place immediately. Like, yeah, actually didn't, doesn't Owen make a joke about that? Does he, he said something, Oh, I didn't think you'd got a fetish for like half frozen men. or oh, something. Yeah. There was a couple of really good lines in it like that. Um, yeah. I really, I really liked Owen in this, even though he's hardly in it. I loved the little jokes and he gets a good right hand in the face when he first waits matey up as well. And good left hook. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Um, there's some good scenes with Owen. I know he's not in it very much, but I really liked him in this because, again, he's very cocky in Series 1, and in this he's more humorous type uh, Owen, isn't he? So I, I liked him in this. Hmm. liked his little scenes, his little humorous scenes. What about old um, Jack and Yanto getting it on in the office again? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Throwing the paperwork on the floor. Goodness me. Yeah, when did that all start? I can't remember when when Yanto and Jack. We, we've had a few looks and a few things said, but is that the first time we've seen them kiss? Or it they, is, yeah. 
Is it? Yeah, because yeah. we've had a bit of a break for torture. I've lost track of their on-off relationship. So is this the first time we've seen them have a good old snog, is it? I think so. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. is. Yeah, because in the last the last time we saw that stuff, they were looking around like an office block. That's and they right. Really Giving flirty, a few looks. Really and, yeah. flirty, yeah. This is the first time they that uh, he proper smacks one on him. Yeah. Yeah. I bet John Barrowman bloody loved that. You know what it's like. <laughs> you know what oh, it's Barrowman. Like. Yeah, actually, he's he's not bad in this, but there is one scene where I felt like the director, because the direction's pretty nice. The, like, there's some good sweeping shots in the hospital, and one of the notes I made was "good direction" by Andy, someone, or what was it? Andy Goddard was yeah. the director. Mm-hmm. But um, there's one bit where I felt like he should have said to Barrowman, and we need to, we need a more of a reaction there, John. And it's the scene where the tin opens. So they got this tin from oh, tor- mm. 1918 Torchwood where, you know, it's been left in the archives. We don't know what's in it. You know, it, when it's ready, it'll open. It's deadlocked or whatever it was. And it, Jack's just at his desk doing a bit of writing. And, and then the tin opens and it's like, there's a, it looks like a regeneration energy. Of course it's not, but it's, you know, something comes out. He hardly blimmin'. He's been waiting years for this tin to open, and he just goes, oh, what's this then? Oh, a bit of paper. I'll have a read of this. I'm thinking, if I was the director, I said, John to John, John, you've been waiting years for this tin to open, mate. We need a bit of surprise. We need a bit of, you know, quick. It's it's finally opened, because they, they haven't been able to get into it. You know, I, I just felt like his reaction was so, oh, so matter of fact, oh, the tin's opened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So it needed more from him in that scene. I felt like, but he's he's pretty good in in the episode itself. He's um, he, you know, he's decent. But yeah, definitely needed more reaction because I, even I was like, they made a big deal of that tin. <laughs> yeah, being time <laughs> and locked just, and everything or whatever. Yeah, it's just like oh, it's opened. Yeah, I must admit, actually, there are a couple of little scenes. I know I'd mentioned earlier about Jack, the way that John Barrowman plays and is written as Jack can be mm. quite cold at times. But yeah. there were a couple of scenes where he does he does actually um is like cool with what's happening with Tosh and Tommy. The first one is when they're looking around the hospital. They go off him and Gwen are there and Owen and stuff and they're doing stuff and they're looking round. And he knows that Tosh is on a day off. She's gone off with, with Tommy. And um I think Tosh is expecting him to call her at any minute to go and do stuff. And there's yeah. a bit where Owen's back at the hub and he's like doing stuff. He's like, this is Tosh's area really. I don't really know what I'm doing. Shall I give her a call? And Jack's like, no, no, it's okay. So he knows that Tosh is off with Tommy because normally he'd be like, yeah, get her in, you know, we need to sort mm. this out. But he's like, no, 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 it's fine. So, cause he knows that he's, she's with him. And then the other one is that scene we mentioned where, um, she's like, he can come back to mine tonight. Because she's like, he's not in prison, is he? He's that sort of thing. And you can see Jack, he's standing there and he's like, he considers it for a fraction of a second. In his mind, you can see John Barrowman plays that really well. That look is like, is this a good idea or not? Yeah, sod it. You know, we, we know his fate, basically. So mm. let's not deprive them too of like, you know, a night of, of whatever. So, so there's a couple of scenes yes. where, um, where John Barrowman plays that quite nicely, actually. In regards yeah, to Yeah, because there's some, if it had been written, sometimes he's written, because I kept expecting him to be like, Normally he kicks off, doesn't he? He's like, no, he can't go out in the modern world. He's from a different time. We can't have him seeing, you know, things that he might. Know. But then I guess because he's going to die in three days, Jack's thinking, oh, well, he, he wouldn't have time to do anything anyway. But 
Yeah, there are times. Yeah, I think it was nice to see him being a bit more chilled rather than the shouty barrowman. You know, no, he's not allowed to leave the hub and them sneaking off, which is a route they could have gone down, isn't it? If they, mm-hmm. that's that's the sort of thing we've seen in previous episodes. You know, he's he's not yeah. for this time. He can't see modern cars. He can't see this. He can't. So they could have gone down that route, couldn't they? But I'm glad they didn't because that I think they've done that a few times. So yes, yeah, and also a bit held back and reserved for Torchwood as well. You would expect to see. So the scene where Tommy does go back to Tosh's place, mm-hmm. you'd expect to see a bit of sexy time going on yes. there because it's tortured, but they've learned from series one. Cause in series one, there was a, a few episodes where we, when we were reviewing those ones, we were like, yeah, this is not kind of needed. Like they're swearing for the sake of swearing. And yeah. You know, it gets a bit saucy and stuff and, and all that lot. I've not really, we've not seen any of that in series two so far. That was like the perfect opportunity. If you wanted to do sexy time yeah. in Torchwood for your adult audience there, that's where it was right there, but they didn't, they just had them to, and a bit of a smooch and that was it. And then the next morning or the later on in the, the evening, they're just under the quilt and it's all quite, it's all quite classy and you know, not, yeah, I don't, not, you know. not gratuitous. Yes. Like, it definitely, you're right. I think, cause I think we're knowing it's the one where Owen falls for the, um, woman in the you know the airplane woman is that series one that's series one yeah. that seem to remember there was some sort of cheesy music and a bit of a <laughs> i did i'm not imagining this am i there was a bit of a yeah, yeah you know yeah. a saucy scene yeah um between owen and that so yeah you're right we didn't didn't get that and he didn't need it so yeah. i was i was i was expecting it though as soon as we cut to them in bed i thought oh here we go adult <laughs> torchwood but no it didn't um didn't happen yeah. <laughs> and i think that was a really good choice actually because they really yeah. easily could have done for the sake of, like we said many times, series one, sometimes Torchwood, I think, likes to be adult for the sake of it. And it would have filled a few minutes because there were yeah. times when I felt it was struggling to, to fill the 50 minutes. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's one of the times where they could have easily just said, right, we need to, we mm. need to, you know, a few minutes added in <laughs> here. So if you two could just get it on, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, hold on. We need uh, to get Barrowman. He wants to watch this. Barrowman. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to direct this scene. Yeah. Um, but there was a... Sorry, go on. I was going to no, say... Gonna... Um, <laughs> three, two, one, you go. I, I might be about to say the same as you, because I often feel like when they put in the really long sweeping shots of Cardiff, it's because they need to film the episode. So sometimes you'll get really quick sped up shots just to move from scene to scene. Other times, like this episode, you'll get like a very long panning shot. And it's all very nice to see. But clearly it's there because, yeah, episode's a bit under running. Um, let's get that shot of Cardiff Bay in again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it might, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what I was going to say is I'm glad that they didn't include any gratuitous stuff because mm. you get the feeling and the vibe from Tosh and Tommy throughout the entire episode, that what they have is is quite genuine. And it feels like it's more than just the one night stand, doesn't it? It yeah, feels like yeah. she genuinely likes him. Has fallen for him. Mm. And he comes to the realization really quickly because he's when they first defrost him, he kicks off, doesn't he? Like you said, he gives Owen a, a left hook and yeah. he's kicking off. And it's Tosh that leans over and she's like the calming presence. And then this one once he's his brain kicks in and he realizes what's happening. He's got a little bit of a smile on his face and as they're having their date and stuff like that, you can tell that he's, he he's on the road as well to like falling for her. Mm. So it would have been really crappy to have like a, cause it was right when Owen, like in series one, when Owen and Gwen were 
They're sort of doing their thing. And then he, yeah. I think there's another episode where he gets it on with somebody from a nightclub or something. That's all a bit seedy. That like feels very Owen, doesn't it? To a degree. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if they had done the same thing with Tosh, I don't know, it just wouldn't have felt. I know what you, you mean. If, it, if the cheesy, you know, if that had kicked in, you'd have been like, oh no, no, definitely didn't need it. I don't know, man. Bit of George Michael on the uh, <laughs> on the cassette player. Yeah, would have been all right. <laughs> on the cassette. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think like overall, the way that um, Helen Rayner play uh, wrote this story for Tosh was a good thing, and apparently she really loved Tosh as a character. So she was really like, you know, we need to give Tosh a, you know, a really good story. We need to progress her character a, a bit more, because um, series one is quite. Gwen focused. Yeah. You know, which is not a bad yeah. thing, but you know, we didn't really see much of, of Tosh sort of taking the front, you know, the front seat too much. So that was good. And, uh, and what did you think to, to the fact that Tommy is going to eventually die? Because, um, again, when I was reading up on this, um, Helen Rayner, she was inspired by this thing that I, I personally not heard of, even though I'd done a lot of stuff and history about both world wars. There was this thing in World War One where, um, where soldiers were like just shell shocked with like being involved in war. They were then taken back to hospital for a little while, but then that was looked at as a really bad thing. It's like the total opposite of what you would consider like mental health issues nowadays. Mm, back yeah. then, they were like, well, you know, you've had you, you wimped out. Now you've had a couple of weeks in hospital to get yourself together. Now you're back on the front line sort of thing. So, um, and then on top of that, a lot of soldiers were actually executed because having this kind of shell shocked moment where it just freaked them out. That was seen as like a sign of cowardice. Like they were viewed as cowards that didn't want to fight for their country. So they were, they were executed, which is that in itself is awful. So when you consider that that's the fate for Tommy, it does make it does elevate the whole thing to even more of a oh crikey he's not he's not got the best future ahead of him has he so I thought that was like a real sort of hard hitting part of the story and it does it does play into the whole thing around Jack telling Tosh what's going to happen to him yeah true she yeah. even more so is like oh god you got you know got to say goodbye but I've also got to send him off can't tell him but I'm going to send him off knowing that he's going to be He's going to be killed like really shortly after returning to his own time. It's, it's quite awful. Yeah, it, it is. Awful. And I, I think that is um, one of the best bits of this story is it does explore that. Uh, Cause it's not something I'm, I'm the same as you. It's not something I was particularly aware of. And it does bring home another element of, you know, our history and stuff that we, we, we shouldn't forget. So yeah, I, I do do think that was um, a, a good, a good thing to do in this story yeah, to, to bring that into it just to make you think a little bit more because it, it does add an, an extra level of emotion to the story because it's a true thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, not, not, it wasn't hammered home. It wasn't sort of really thrown in your face, but it was there enough to make you think about it. Cause I, I definitely picked up on that as well. So it made me think, gosh, you know, can't believe we used to do that. <laughs> um, it's shocking. So yeah, yeah, it was it, in terms of the way it was written. I think it was, written into the storyline very, very well. It's just subtly there, you know, to, to pick up on. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was good. I did like that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think to the whole, the whole ghosts thing? So that was quite cool. 
So when yeah, I liked that. Yeah, so Torchwood, like the one of the earlier teams of Torchwood, are at that hospital investigating ghosts, which actually turns out to be people from Torchwood in current time in the the hospital now, sort of as the rift is going through. So back in that time, they wouldn't have obviously known anything about that whole thing back in like 1918. They wouldn't have known about the rift or anything like that. So they think it's good old like ghosts and stuff. There's that scene where Gwen goes into the hospital and there's that guy on the crutches with sort of one and a half legs. And he starts walking towards her. It's really creepy. He he doesn't slow down. He can't see her. And then there's another couple of scenes where ghosts are sort of up and down the corridor. But there's that one scene where one of the nurses goes down a corridor, but then she comes back, leans around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And Gwen's like, (laughs) hold on. Can she see? And she keeps looking around. She's like, can she see me? And then she Mm. gets closer and then she's like really shouts. So that, that creeped me out, man. That was a good scene. I I thought that was a great scene. Yeah. I was going to say, I like this whole ghost concept because that works very well with the riff stuff. But um, yeah, no, that scene in particular with Gwen was great because it was very simple, wasn't it? It was just a case of she walks around the corner, you think she's gone and then she just slowly, and it's like, can she see her? And you're almost in Gwen's shoes, aren't you? You're thinking, because Gwen's like, what? Is she looking at me? Um, I thought that was a great scene. I, I loved all that stuff. That's what I mean. That's why I was I was much more invested in the first half of the story because I, li- I liked all that creepy stuff in the hospital. Um, but yeah, that was a particularly good scene, I thought. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And you mentioned yeah. earlier about seeing some people from Torchwood from back in the day. That was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. Is that, again, is that, have we had that before? Or is that a new thing? So I, I liked that idea. I, again, didn't see that coming. Um, that, that beginning when he says, who are you? He's like, we're Torchwood. I'm like, what? You're Torchwood. I thought that was good. Um, hmm. but I can't remember if we've seen, if we've seen Torchwood in the past before. I don't know. But yeah, that was a good, a good plot. I thought likes that idea. Yeah. No, that was good. Um, okay. Uh, we've spoken about some characters, obviously we've spoken about John Barrowman. Uh, we've spoken about, uh, Naoko Mori quite a bit as Tosh. She was and, good, yeah. Yeah, Anthony Lewis as Tommy Brockless. What do you think to him overall? Because he he went from sort of happy to really perturbed and worried quite well, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought he was a very good um, choice for the, uh, in terms of cast. Um, I, I thought he played it very well. And he because he's got a certain look about him, isn't he? He just really fitted that role, I thought. He got the right look. Um, and I just, I just thought he, he played the part very well, actually. Uh, you know, in terms of, like you said, the range of emotions, if you like, that he had to go through. Because um, he went from being quite pleased about being out and about and having a bit of fun with Tosh to really, like, thinking, I don't want to do this, you know. It, yeah, and all the stuff at the start where he where he's kicking off on the operating table. And I, I thought he gave a good performance. I, I really thought he was good casting, yeah. Hmm. I liked him. I recognise him from somewhere. I don't watch the soaps, but I'm sure he was in one of the soaps for like years. Um, <laughs> sure, I recognise him from one of the soaps. Let me have a look on Wiki because as soon as I saw him, he, he he's got a quite a memorable face, isn't he? He's got quite a distinctive sort of look. I don't know if it's just his big eyes or what, or what, but he, you know, he's one of those people who think, "Oh, I've seen him in something else." Oh yeah, it's Emma Dale. Oh, Emma Dale. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't bear the soaps, so I don't <laughs> even know why I know that, but I I must have seen him in it. <laughs> he was in Somewhere along um, Holby City for years. Oh, was he? Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say, he's one of those people I've seen pop up on the TV. 
but yeah, good good little performance from him and a, a nice um, yeah nice actor. I think is his name Anthony Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Lewis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah, totally got the part, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah it was good. Tommy Brockless. Oh, I don't, I don't didn't pick up on his character name. Brockless. Come on, Tommy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two Torchwood agents were fairly cool. Now they've got some very cool names, as you'd expect. So Gerald Carter Neal. Uh, it's a good name. Yep. Yeah, he was at one time the head of Torchwood Three, back in like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. He joined Torchwood One when he was quite young and progressed through the ranks. And then the the woman uh, is Harriet Dar- Derbyshire, right? Which is obviously a nod to Delia Derbyshire. Oh yes, one would Very expect nice. anyway. Yeah, I like it when we explore older, tor- you know, other versions of Torchwood, though, because. It's quite easy to just think of Torchwood as John Barrowman and his team, isn't it? But I like the fact we're reminded that they've been, you know, Queen Victoria, wasn't it? Yeah, back in Didn't the Tenth Doctor it? story, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, Tooth and Claw. Tooth and Claw, that's right. At the very yeah, so end, it's good. yeah. Yeah. It's good just to be reminded that it's, you know, it's not just them. It's been going for quite a while in different um, versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. That no, was good. I like the, uh, like you said, I like seeing like previous versions of Torchwood or whatever mm. turn up. Yeah, they good. were quite good, those guys as well, weren't they? Like you could imagine, uh, they could have been in it more, couldn't they? There was a good good little um, rapport between those two at the start. I liked that bit. Yes. No, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And then, yeah, we've spoken about um, uh, Bern Gorman. He's not in it too much, but he has a couple of nice scenes with Tosh. Yeah. Uh, so lastly then, just very quickly, Yanto, Gareth, David, Lloyd, couple of really funny scenes with him. You can tell that even they've written him to be just Alfred from Batman in this one. <laughs> There's a scene where he's standing in the background and somebody says about getting Tommy a cup of tea. Tosh looks around at him. He's got this big smile on his face and then he just drops a smile drops with this it. kind of, oh, great, I'm off to make tea again, am I? And he just walks off. So even, even the writers acknowledge now that in some episodes, he doesn't do anything. He's just... He, op- he gets the to the door, boy. like when the pizza turns up, he gets the pizza, he makes the tea, he does a bit of intel for them. He's literally the Alfred of, of Torchwood. Torchwood, yeah. yeah. It's, it, but they, they have, um, <laughs> his character's much more likable already, isn't he, in Series 2? Because I remember in Series 1, he was quite annoying at times when he was uh, crying all the time and moping around, whereas, yeah, he gets a bit more, a bit like Owen, they've softened his character a bit, he's more comedic in this this series yeah, yeah just those funny little moments yeah but i like and again i like that scene when he's so just like go and do the tea <laughs> go and get the tea on yeah no absolutely yeah. mate yeah yeah so yeah i'm, I'm liking it because that's the thing i remember liking yanto as a character and then we watched series one and i'm thinking why did i like yanto he's really annoying and, and and soppy um but then yeah now we've got in series two i think i'm starting to remember why i like him i think he he's funnier in series two and I'm pretty sure he gets more to do later on. I'm, I'm sure there's a reason I liked liked his character more than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's fine. He wasn't in there a lot, but, yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, Ducky. Uh, anything else on your notes, bud? Just the music was great again this week. Um, really creepy in places. Uh, I love the way they work in the theme just now and again, that little do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, some really good stuff uh, going on in the music in this this episode. Um, I never know who does the music in Torchwood because I think they use different people, don't they? Yeah, Ben Foster on this one. Ben Foster, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. 
Um, so yeah, thought the music was very good, like especially the creepy scenes. And there's a scene where Jack pulls out that drawing of Tosh from the tin, um, and his reaction may not have been <laughs> enough, but the music certainly was because it's real, like it's really like you know, <laughs> oh, OMG music, isn't it? Um, so we need he's, he's, they should have given uh, Barrowman a musical cue for that bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought the music was good this week. Really liked it. Really suited the story. Yeah, and, no, um, I agree. Yeah, gave it a bit of tension when it was needed. I thought, yeah, defo. Yep. Yeah. Right. Scores on the doors, then, bud. It's me to go first, I believe. Okay. I'm going to give it. this a seven. I, you know, I had a feeling you would, and the reason I mm. say that is because I'm stuck. Uh, I hate it when I'm stuck between two scores because I, I'm stuck between six point five and seven. Um. And I'm going to give it a 6.5, I think. It's not quite a 7 for me. Okay. I enjoyed it, but it didn't quite, I think because of the ending, it didn't quite reach that 7 middle of the road for me. I was just a little bit, when it ended, I was just a bit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 6.5. But I did, I did enjoy it overall. Cool. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I see what you mean by that, why you wouldn't give it yeah. a 7. Yeah, I gave it a 7 just because. That's well, a, I was no, nearly a 7. That's what yeah. I mean. I nearly... Is it a seven? Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's good. Yeah, we'll go between those two scores. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was slightly, I thought it was better than like an average run of the mill five or six story. Mm-hmm. And it is, it does, it is a great opportunity for Tosh's character to have some, some line like feel sorry for her at the end and stuff. And yeah, she plays it really well. I have to say that, you know. Um, She's very likable, Tosh. Isn't yeah. She? No, Komori, she does a very good performance in this one, I must say. So. Yeah. Uh, Rightio, what did our awesome listeners think? Think, think. What did our awesome listeners think to this one? We had some audio clips in first. The first one is Sammy from Down Under. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, to the last man, a good story with not enough heart. Seems odd to me that something Russell and Julie oversaw is lacking heart, but that is certainly the case here. And I think a big reason why Torchwood doesn't land as well as it should. Jack is too cold. Even Owen has more compassion and Owen is not a cuddly guy. I feel the actor who plays Tommy does a great job but he's let down by everyone else except Tosh who does a great job too. Also, they never explain how that key works. How does Tommy operate it? Also, why Tommy? So many questions. I give it six time keys out of ten. See ya. Oh, Sammy, not feeling this one. No, Sammy's right back. There is a lot of questions. I, I did think that as well. There was a lot of things. If you start to sort of really think about some of the stuff in this, because I was thinking that, why? what is it about Tommy? Why is he the one that's got to go back? And there is, yeah, if you look into it too closely, I think there is a lot of questions. I agree with you on that. But I did think Barrowman wasn't as cold as normal in this one. So mm. I'm not sure about that. But anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cheers, Sammy. Thank you very much, Sammy. Uh, moving on, this is Mr. Matt Steele. Hello, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well. So, this week, Torchwood to the Last Man. So, we start off with a brilliant opener for this story. It's confusing, but also intriguing. Nice to get a glimpse into the world of Torchwood in 1918. Am I right in thinking they made a few big Finnish audios with that team? It's really interesting to see Tommy have years passing by in a single day. It's like the ultimate emotional roller coaster. The way the ghosts are used is very nicely done especially when the nurse slowly creeps backwards as she notices Gwen. The music really makes those scenes creepy. 
Tosh really does seem to get the worst luck in love out of all of them. If it's not a murdering alien woman or an oblivious Owen, it's a doomed soldier from 1918. Saying that, though, the relationship between Tommy and Toshiko is lovely to see. Obviously, to Tosh, she's known him four years, but for Tommy, it's only been four days. So you see the exciting beginning of a budding romance, and when you see it end, it's quite heartbreaking to see. I think I'll give this story an 8 out of 10. Cheers, guys. See you again. Okay. Okay, Nate. Interesting. I don't know about the, the Big Finish stuff, because I don't have any torch with Big Finish. I hear it's really good stuff as well, but yeah, I don't know if they're in that any of that. Someone else will have to comment and let us know. Yeah, have a looky. Yeah. Mm. Okay, but Matt, fairly, fairly liking this one with an 8. Pretty good. Uh, lastly, let's go to Mr. Joe Turner. To the Last Man is a really enjoyable Tortured episode and one in which I've seen countless times, like all of Torchwood. I love the contrasting time periods and when Gwen and Jack are in the hospital and we see chunks of 1915 coming through, like the nurse and the injured man, it's really, really creepy. I like seeing Tommy adjusting to a new time and it's really interesting how he as a character has seen how society in England has changed over the years, giving little subtle references to periods like the 60s. Tosh and Tommy's relationship didn't feel forced at all. And both actors portrayed a really mature performance. However, time their their feeling for one another have been realised. Finally, seeing tortured a hundred years ago adds to the development of the institute. And Yanto stating how young the members were makes us reflect how young the torture team actually is now, and the fact this just heightens the danger level even more. Yes, at times it's slow, but it's a nice break from the fast-paced, high-threat level episodes we usually get. And as a viewer, we begin to question the morals of tortured and what they are allowed to do and what not. So overall, I give this episode a 7.5 out of 10. Thank you. Hmm. Joe's just reminded me of a scene that I really liked. I forgot to mention it, actually, um, which is the scene when Tom is watching the news about Iraq. And he says, oh, gosh, we went for all that and you're still the world's still fighting. I thought that that actually did get that that hit home. Oh, yeah. That did, yeah, yeah, that is a good scene. I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so that was another good part of the script. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That's like a real world thing that sort of hits you in the in the face when you realise, like, yeah, he fought in in the war that was meant to be like the war to end all wars. I suppose, like it, from his point, he of says view, that doesn't he? Yeah, this is supposed to be the war that ended all wars. Yeah, yeah. and now here he is, you know, nearly hundred years later, and. Yeah, it's still nothing's moved on, really. And it also plays, there's like a really cool line from Tosh at the end where she's out on the pier with um, Owen. It's, you know, Cardiff Bay. It's raining as you Pouring expect. Pouring with rain, yep. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's out there talking to her and um, and uh, she doesn't turn to Owen and say anything particularly, you know. She just says, well, let's hope we're all worth it. Mm. and then she walks off and that leaves you with that sort of like holy crap and then there's that cool song that plays when she walks off yeah so they leave the episode not with you thinking about tosh and tommy but really thinking about the bigger picture of like crap we haven't really moved on no you know it's so yeah helen rayner she did a very good very good job with that those little script elements yeah no i think that that's um I'm, yeah i don't know what joe said that, that prompted me to remember that there's something in his audio review there but yeah that i thought that was a great scene and um it really hit home because you that that's a great idea isn't it imagine bringing somebody back from the war and them seeing the state of the planet now and they'd be thinking well what on earth did we go through that for so i yeah that really is the point of the story isn't it yes so, yeah yeah 
Uh, cool. Thank you very much, guys, for your audio reviews. Very much appreciated for you taking the time to do that, as always. Thank you very much. Uh, we had a few over on the socials. Sarah Louise Bagger, the running Whovian. Mm-hmm. Hi, says, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She says, brilliant. I enjoyed seeing a previous Torchwood team. The clumsy awkwardness between Tosh and Tommy was adorable, and the mm. hospital scenes with Gwen were very spooky. The line three weeks later, Second World War, was clever and good to see the cowardice shootings were acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah gives it a 10 out of 10. Wow. Crikey. Keep up that running, Sarah. <laughs> no slacking off from the running. Uh, Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says it's another strong entry in Series 2, which continues to prove stronger that uh, than the uneven first series. Uh, there are some genuinely creepy scenes in the hospital and great acting from everyone, but you can't help but feel sorry for Tosh. You always ends up with a heartbroken. Yeah. Oh, Tosh. Uh, the Universe of Who says a rather emotional, innovative storyline that uses its science fiction concept to create something more meaningful. A great chance for Tosh to finally shine. Eight out of ten. Uh, TardisNet66 says, I don't think there's a bad story in series two of Torchwood. And this oh. is another strong story with a lot of powerful emotion and the relationship between Tosh and Tommy is very strong. Not one of the best, but very entertaining. And lastly, John Edward Berry says, that was a good episode. Torchwood seasons one and two are really great. And over on Facebook, we had just one comment over there from Joseph Howarth. Says, this was a pretty heart-wrenching story compared to Owen's previous relationship with a figure from the past. I feel Tosh is a bit more believable because they feel more like a couple that trust, uh, that thrust into a situation they aren't happy about, but doing what needs to be done to help the world. Season two is honestly getting better and better by the minute. I hope I get more episodes like this. A nine out of 10. Wow. Cool. A nine. So that was it from the socials. Thank you very much, guys. Next week, dude, what we got? Next week. Well, uh, yeah, this has been on schedule for a while. uh, So it's just a coincidence that it's more David Tennant. But um, I'm very much looking forward to revisiting this two-parter. It's Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. Um, Donna! (laughs) Donna. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching this again, this one. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think, thoughts. if memory serves, uh, yeah, Helen Rayner, who wrote this week's uh, Torchwood episode, she was script editor for Stephen Moffat for this story. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a mothball script, isn't it? It's of course a it is, yeah. 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 So that's going to be cool. I haven't seen this one in a while. No, nor have I. As in, like, what? I've seen it plenty of times, but it's been a, ages since the last time I did watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly the same, actually. Yeah, I've seen this a few times, but not for a while. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh. All righty, bud. Let's call it there, man, for episode 282. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, guys, for sticking with us for another week and listening to our little show, the Big Blue Box Podcast. It's been great to have you all here uh, for another week, waffling around Doctor Who and Torchwood and all that stuff. So, yeah, a 7 from me and a 6.5 from him <laughs> for To The Last Man. So uh, what we got next on Torchwood? Oh, yeah, we will reveal that next month when we get on to our next one. But next week, as Adam said... Uh, it's a 10th Doctor, uh, a Doctor Donna story, uh, Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. 
uh, two-parter, which we've not seen in a while, so it's going to be really cool to fire that up. An often uh, well-reviewed one, this one, dude. A lot of people like this one. It's a river, isn't it? First one with river. Oh, river. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, get your Blu-rays out and your DVDs watched and all that stuff, because we'll be asking for your reviews, as always, for next week. Until then, head over to the website, Big Blue Box Podcast at Codet UK. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. Plus, there's tons of really cool reviews and articles from our writing team. Uh, we review a lot of Big Finish stories over there, and we also dive into the Big Finish vaults, which is cool. We dig out some old Big Finish here and have a look at those. And we also um, review some of the really old sort of virgin stories, virgin Doctor Who books and all that stuff. So some really cool articles from our, our writing team over there. Uh, we're on the uh, sorry remember to subscribe to the show so head over to whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on just do a search for the big blue box podcast you'll find us on there or there are links to those things on the website we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook Uh, again links on the website and we have a free discord server as well so come and sign up to that and hang out and chat doctor who Uh, also check out my co-host channel over on youtube it's the old geek's handbag yes can oh. have a look at all them vids I've got on there. Cool. Yes. Honestly, the latest one is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hunting down those BMM sets. There was a moment in the video when Adam almost thought that they didn't have them in stock, even though we checked previously. But he didn't realise that they <laughs> yeah. were in a certain part of the store. So it's a bit of a so cliffhanger. Trying to hide them from me. Yeah, I indeed. think my partner had found up and said, oh, hide them around the corner, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him get them. <laughs> yeah. So that's a very cool video. And obviously, all of Adam's other videos are very cool. So check that out. Until next week. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, a- a-